You're listening to Conversion Nations, the podcast that helps conversion optimizers overcome challenges they face with their experimentation programs. Brought to you by Effective Experiments, the workflow and project management software helping optimizers make experimentation a core part of their business. Scale up your testing program with a centralized solution and document all your research, ideas, experiments, and results in one place. Learn more and request your free trial by visiting EffectiveExperiments.com. And now, your host, Manuel DaCosta. Hey, welcome to Conversion Nation. Uh, this is Manuel DaCosta welcoming you to another episode. So we're in season two of um, Conversion Nations. It's 2019 now, and I'm really excited. We've got a lot of new faces, a lot of new people joining us, uh, and I want to talk to Alex Abel on this podcast. And Alex, welcome. Have I pronounced your surname correctly? Oh, you did it perfectly. I'm, I'm very impressed. Perfect. It wasn't that hard. I just, <laughs> had, to, I just had to make sure, right? Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. So Alex, um, you're Mr. Lunchpool. For people that don't know, Alex has a new startup called Lunchpool. Why didn't you tell us about it? Sure, thanks. Uh, Mr. Lunchpool. I like that last name better than Abel, even. Um, <laughs> so really... I've worked in corporate America for the better part of 10 years, um, been doing a lot of conversion rate optimization, marketing optimization, and I kept getting frustrated uh, from company to company because I would look around and all these problems stemmed out of not knowing the people around you. We, you know, you have lack of communication, you have bad test designs, like everything you can name. If you just get to know the people around you, as I did, I found that all the work was better for it and everybody just enjoyed going to work a lot more. So a lot of these relationships were built over lunch and over coffee. So our app, it facilitates that. It's very simple. It's a way to connect with the people that you work with um, and you know just have lunch. We think that people should have lunch with other humans. It's a crazy concept, huh? <laughs> so you, we're not having lunch at our desk anymore? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> We don't recommend it. We, uh, you know, you're going to get lettuce in your keyboard and you're going to get hot sauce on your, uh, on your mouse. So, you know, might as well make that mess with other people in real life. Good stuff. Tell me, where uh, are you in this journey with LaunchPool? Because I've known you for a few years now. We kind of connected when you were at BISC Mm -hmm. and then you moved on to Ashley Furniture uh, as well. And, you know, we also share our love of uh, time travel as well. Yes. messages for each other in the future but yeah of course yeah <laughs> so, actually, uh, tell me about it, your journey it's a good question i mean i wish that I, I paused our time travel research for right now i wish i would have figured that out because as a startup entrepreneur you need to be able to control time and that would be a great asset right now um but in the journey i just you know we entered a startup competition back in november um i'd been at ashley furniture for about a year and a half Um, got invited to do this startup competition and I just I I met these people there and I got super excited and I I thought this is what I want to do the rest of my life I want to build things Um, I found out the term entrepreneur which is apparently a thing so an entrepreneur stuck within the confines of a corporate setting Um, and so in our journey you know we just started in November we incorporated in January um, but we've been moving at lightning speed, you know, time travel, being an expert in that helps a little bit. Um, we know the right moves to make, but we have, uh, our pilot is launching, uh, actually 
within at, by the end of the month, we're launching with our first pilot company and they've got about 700 employees. So it's a, uh, it's exciting time. We're, uh, we're cranking it out. I'm pro I'm, I feel guilty right now that I'm not working on lunch pool, but you know, always pleasure to talk to my good friend, Manuel. Yeah, definitely, man. It's good to have you on. So we're like diversifying, you know, we've had a uh, regular guests, Tim and Chad and uh, Keto as well. And, you know, what I want to do is to talk to more CROs out there because everyone has a story to tell, right? We're not here to teach lessons on uh, conversion nations. I was going to say conversion lunch. Yeah, you, you confused me earlier with, <laughs> uh -oh. with your yeah, let's leave it at that. <laughs> On conversion nations, we want to have you know conversations with people, just as you're trying to do with lunch pool, you know, have, get people talking. We want to get you know stories out of people because everyone has a story to tell. So, Alex, what is your story today? So I have a pretty interesting story, um, and it, it it's directly involved in the conversion rate optimization world. So back when we first kind of engaged and met with one another, I was at BISC. I was in a conversion rate optimization management role and I, you know, I was figuring a lot of things out, how to get a good testing structure, good test design, working with people. Um, and then I ended up at Ashley Furniture in a very different role as a uh, business intelligence analyst. And so being more of the data guy, the number cruncher, you know, really scouring Google analytics. Um, I started interacting with our director of conversion rate optimization at Ashley and we, uh, I found out that we were really, we were two peas in a pod. Like we had a lot of things in common, but I saw a lot of communication breakdown. So because different, you know, different teams at, you know, Ashley Furniture is a very competitive environment, um, very performance focused. And so it made sense that they had a good, or they were striving to have a good testing program. But a lot of the times there would be communications breakdowns because this, you know, it, it was a brand new role, CRO um, at Ashley Furniture with the e-commerce initiatives. And I just, I kept seeing in meetings where people would, would, you know, they would be throwing salt at each other almost, you know, it's, 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 we're all trying to do the same thing. We're all trying to optimize the conversions, you know, make more money, make more revenue, sell more products but it seemed like people were just having these ego battles in, in these office meetings and, and it kind of baffled me. So I don't know if you've ever run into anything like that, Man Manuel, in, in your experience, but. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, like communication is key. You know, the last thing you want, if you're a conversion optimizer is sitting in a silo. I've seen, you know, conversion optimization programs kind of die out just because, you know, communication I find is like the oxygen that allows your conversion opti uh, optimization program to like grow, breathe and grow. Yep. Whereas the lack of it, you know, you, you sat there in a silo. Yes, you'll get initial traction, but really long term, you won't survive because you're just doing stuff on your own. And if we talk about communications, I mean, that's really vital, right? Because you've got office politics just to uh, contend with. Yep. And it's like Game of Thrones, right? Game of Thrones is like this, a couple of uh, nights ago, just watched it. And it's exactly like that. You have to make uh, bargains with people. You have to, you know, make allies. You need to, yeah. um, I'm going to say, fight the White Walkers. But yeah, you you do. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. It's, it's, it's so true. You have, you know, so you have the conversion rate optimization team as we had it. And they're the Lannisters, you know, the Lannister always gets lifts and then you have the baratheons on the other side and they say what's a a test that's dead can never die and other <laughs> game of thrones analogies but but we should make these 
we should make these into memes. I swear, <laughs> they're gold. I think we should. Um, but but you hit the nail on the head. It's all about communication, and in the modern office that is, you know, kind of saturated with politics. It's it's part of the reason that I created that I'm creating the app that I'm creating is because whenever you are in that kind of informal setting and that's all you know, like me versus you, we have budgets that we're fighting against or, you know, I want to look better in front of the main boss than you do and I want to make you look bad like that's really icky and nobody likes to be in that environment. But, you know, the, this particular story um, has a really happy ending because you know, I saw my team button head with his team and I was like, I come, you know, we're both CROs. We should be getting along better than anybody. And so I just kind of, you know, passed by his desk one day and said, Hey, you know, can we go grab lunch sometime? Um, I'd love to learn more about, you know, your journey, your role, things like that. And, you know, as an adult, that can be kind of intimidating to just go up to someone that you only know in a professional setting and say, Hey, let's, let's go grab a bite to eat. Let's go hang out for a little bit. Um, but he, you know, we went, we had, we've picked out a great restaurant here in, uh, in Tampa, I'm in Tampa, Florida. And, um, we just had a, the best conversation that I've had in a long time. He told me about his journey. He started in SEO. He came down, uh, to Tampa to work at Ashley Furniture headquarters from up North. Um, he let me know that like a lot of the pressures that he was feeling, like he felt like he had targets on his back. People were expecting things. Um, you know, he felt like he made some missteps about he was, you know, he maybe had set the wrong expectations, not knowing, you know, not knowing a whole lot about CRO, but having that background. And so I kind of, you know, then I came in, I said, well, I can really empathize with you because I was the manager at BISC. And, you know, the expectation was, okay, you have a background in CRO, you've done marketing campaigns for Verizon and Expedia and Bose and a lot of these companies that I did back when I got my start at Mech Labs. And so they were, they expected, they, a lot of times companies expect the CRO to come in and just, you know, come in on a white stallion and, and like you said, scare away all the white Walker, terrible, you know, things that, that exist. And it's, it, it just can't happen like that. It's gotta be a team effort. You have to have leadership buy-in. You have to really almost evangelize that we're going to lose some tests and that's okay because you know it's it's just that's the nature of the game so i kind of was unloading on him telling him my experience how i also felt like i had targets on my head and i was like that's why it's so important for us to communicate to you know really team up form that alliance you know the the north has to unite with one another and uh we can't all try to be the king in the north but um but he it was that moment where it just clicked, you know, it was like, you know, you're right. We are two human beings struggling through the same problems and we're trying to get work done. We're trying to, you know, live in a society where we have to earn a living. We need to, uh, you know, figure out what our goal is and work together with other people towards that goal. Because you hit the nail on the head again earlier, silos are, are really good in farming, but in the business, they're not that great. If you don't have someone actively pulling your uh, produce out of that silo, it's going to go bad. And so, you know, teams working by themselves and not really sharing that information or communicating with others, that's, uh, that's the worst thing that can happen to a company. And it's all over corporate America these days. Yeah, definitely. I think you've hit the nail on the head like many times in what you've just said, because what I've seen, and I don't know if you've noticed on things like LinkedIn or, you know, the webinars and stuff, um, 
the the common thread, the common theme these days on conversion optimization or the hype cycle we're going through is yeah. culture of experimentation, right? Culture mm, yeah. and mindset and, you know, let's build a culture of experimentation. But every time I see those posts or webinars or topics, it's primarily saying a couple of things. Show your results, make, uh, make, it, you know, make everyone enthusiastic. Mm -hmm. uh, but what I find with that is it's always, um, you know, you're trying to uh, shout down a meg uh, you know, megaphone. You're trying yeah. to get people's attention. And you've said one thing already uh, that, you know, uh, your colleague had, their own, uh, his own KPIs, his own targets on his back, and he he couldn't care less about what you're up to, right? Yeah. Because he needs to hit that, otherwise it's his neck on the chopping block. Yep. So he needs to get his stuff done. And if you come in, you know, saying you know all guns blazing, trying to get your agenda in the way, what's going to happen? They're going to push back. They're going to exactly. push back at it. And and so this is the this is the thing I find that's missing in uh in experimentation right now and if you think like the talking about hype cycles if you think way back around 2013 or 2014 the hype cycles were about you know hey let's test everything you know mm. change button colors or change um you know and now we look back at it and like yeah that doesn't really work <laughs> yeah. and we're in that same you know hype cycle right now where this culture of experimentation seems to be the 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 word that's been paraded you know the phrase that's been paraded about Mm -hmm. But really, there's no clear strategy around this. I, I ran a webinar uh, back in December about a framework that we put in place about a step-by-step -step process mm. that you need to uh, you know, get in place before you even reach this apex, if you think of it like you know, Maslow's theory of hierarchy, the yeah. apex. Being I want the self-actualization self at the top. Yeah, yeah, the self-actualization, right? Yeah. And, and the, the point before that is the first step was collaboration. Mm. But not in the way that people talk about, you know, let's, you know, put up some slides and let's talk to them, teach them about A-B testing and stuff. Yeah. No, no, that's, that's so insightful. You, you actually just helped me with a problem I have been having on the startup as well, because you hit the nail on the head. We got we to gotta both quit saying hit the nail on the head, but we're hitting, <laughs> we're hitting nails. There's heads of nails and we're hitting them. But, um, but it's so true what you're saying. Because, you know, I, I've been, I've had a lot of good conversations with Paul Rook over at uh, PRWD and yeah. your neck of the woods over across the pond. Yeah, he's just in the same city as me, yeah. Nice. And, um, you know, he's built this whole platform about the, the what stage in the life cycle is your testing program. And, you know, and he's one of the better ones. I've seen some, some stuff out there that's just like, oh, you have to build a culture of experimentation. And that's the stuff that I was reading as I was a, an optimization manager at BISC. And what, what I found was it puts a lot of pressure on you to try to take that megaphone approach to not be dishonest with your results, but it's yeah. really hard to get in front of like what we did was we, we, we were feeling pressure from the leadership to have these experiment sharing sessions. And so you get up and you're like, okay, well, we got to throw one bad test in there, but the rest we're going to have to throw the good ones, you know, and, and that doesn't really, you know, educate anybody on how testing works um you know it's a bunch of charts going up and it's like okay well we must be doing awesome then but it's the same thing with these uh you know these lunch meetings the real magic the real culture building happens in the smaller uh micro interactions between you know maybe two maybe three maybe four people but you have to really connect on a human level 
um, in order to build not just testing culture, but any culture. It's, you know, culture yeah. is, is the norms, it's the conversations, it's the, the shared human experience between people. And, you know, if, if I can't feel like I can say, hey, Manuel, like we're doing this test right now, it's not doing real well. <laughs> and you want to look at it and let's, you know, see if you have something, some ideas that's going to get you interested in testing. You know, if you have no, even if, even if you have no interest in data analytics, marketing, anything, if you ask someone, Hey, this isn't doing that well, do you have any ideas on how to make it better? As humans, you're going to say, I have a billion ideas right now. And, and that's, that's the culture of testing that I think we're all striving to create. Definitely. And the other thing you mentioned as well, when you first approached your colleague about asking him about, you know, rather than going with your agenda, asking about his stuff, you know, because human beings want to, you know, uh, I think there was a study done, but people like you more if you allow them to talk hmm. more or something like that. Right. So if, if you do all the talking, they like you less, but if you allow, if you allow them to talk, then they like you more, something like that. Uh, but generally that's the, that's the principle you go in. And this is what I've been advocating to a lot of CROs as well. When you first start your job, right. The, the, the challenge for you is not about jumping in and, you know, going into your data and uh, coming up with test ideas. That's, the relatively easy part because that's your job you need to do that yeah. but there are a lot of soft skills that conversion optimizers need right and grabbing people to push your agenda shouldn't be it you should again you know break bread with them invite them to lunch invite them to coffee or whatever um mm -hmm. is coffee pool going to be a spin-off by any chance uh well i think <laughs> we've actually built in uh wa walking lunch breaks and coffee breaks oh, yeah. and sweets into the app um, I do really, really want to, my team tells me I'm, I'm an idiot, but I want my follow, <laughs> I want my follow up app to be pool pool. So if you have a pool in your backyard and your neighbors don't, then you can monetize your pool by sharing your pool with others, by pooling together your pool resources. The, the, <laughs> there was a spoof video online. I'm going to find that link and, and put it in the show notes. I'll send it to you as well. Okay. Where, the, the office, uh, it's like a fictitious office, decides they're going to get everyone working in a pool. So they're there <laughs> and with laptops and like floating. No way. Yeah, you have to send me yeah, that. Yeah. And that's like, it, it, yeah, it, it's a complete disaster. But yeah, it just, it just reminded me of that. <laughs> I digress. Yeah, yeah. So where no. were we? <laughs> but yeah, but no, coffee pool, definitely. Um, those meetings are important as well. My wife has been getting on to me for having so many lunch pools. So that's another feature that we have to get out there is how do we, how do we save people money as well or encourage eating in uh, to the office? So and that could be lots of, lots of segues, right? If you're, eating, if you're eating too much lunch, then, you know, walking lunch, you could recommend that. Oh, there you Different go. Different yeah. models there, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, talk, let's, let's come back to the point. Yeah. The point on, you know, you need to talk to people, right? That is a given, but rather than, again, pushing your agenda from the get-go, yep. why not make it about them? Because if you learn about, what their KPIs are, what they're targeted on. And also the key factor, are they going to be an ally or mm -hmm. are they going to be a hindrance in your yep. objective as well? Yep. Because uh, for example, when I was uh, consulting a while ago, uh, you know, um, we were trying to get tests going and the development team always kept pushing back on it. Mm -hmm. And there was uh, this one uh, scenario. I remember we were trying to optimize the checkout page, not knowing that the, uh, development team was actually working on a complete checkout redesign that was going to take about 
four or five months or something, you know, complete checkout redevelopment. Mm-hmm. And so I went to them, you know, got, got some beers and pizza and just you know, sat down with them to see what they were doing and, you know, get an understanding of, of what they were doing. And after they finished talking about, you know, all these new features and all these bell, the bells and whistles on this new checkout, I said, hey, you know what, I've got these ideas that I want to really test. Uh, I don't know if they'll win. Maybe they'll win. Maybe they won't. But they'll run for a few weeks, you know, a month or so. But if we're able to validate that, we could potentially take a lot of your plate. Meaning mm. that, you know, some of the things might not need to uh, need, you know, needed to be built. Yeah. How, how does that sound? And they're like, oh, that would actually save us a lot of hassle because some of these things are so complex. You know, we don't want to be building that. It's it's a lot of hard work, and you yeah. know, we, and I was like, yeah, exactly. You know, you, you don't know if. And I was like, if you don't uh, do that, and let's say we, we validate these ideas and you don't need to go down that route, what happens? And they're like, well, we can actually concentrate on all this mountain of work that mm-hmm. we've been piling up, right? So you align your goals with their goals, and that kind of gets, you, gets everyone what they want. Yeah, but ultimately, if you, if you go in with an agenda and you know, with a battering ram and try and say, we want this done, it never gets done. Yeah, no, that's... That's so huge. And, and you, you kind of came full circle about your point earlier about having different KPIs because um, your development team is, you know, they're not going to have the same goals as your CRO program or as your data and analytics. So like for, for my perspective, being, you know, on the data and analytics team, we had to come up with so many insights that, you know, drove to the bottom line. The CRO is a very similar goal. So we were pretty well positioned to partner up. The developers, they don't care about that. I mean, yeah, they work at the company, so they care about, yeah. you know, the long-term stability of the of the business. But for the most part, they have this huge backlog of items that's as tall as the the white wall between the north and the and the, the what's what's beyond the north, the wildlings. Yeah. And, so maybe the developers are the wildlings in this analogy. I don't know. <laughs> but um, sorry, developer friends. But uh, but but they, you know, they have this mountain of tasks that they have to do. And so if you can figure that out, that their KPI or their main objective is to get rid of a lot of these tasks, then you can say, hey, if you help me out with this test, which is going to help me hit my objective, it could potentially help you save a lot of time on the the work that you have to do. So that's that's really insightful. And that's, it just comes back to thinking, you know, you, you said earlier, letting people talk more, but also empathy, empathy is huge. Empathizing with where they are and what struggles they're going through. Um, I think Mr. Rogers, I just watched the Mr. Rogers documentary and they said that he was like one of the most beloved guys. And part of it was because he was so intensely curious about other people. He would just always ask about the other person and, and, it's, it's just a really good way to live. If you, we, we all, you know, get on our soapbox sometimes and like to talk about what we're doing, but you know, the human communication connecting as human beings, that's what's super important. We all, we all hunger for that. We all strive for that. Um, another thing that you got me thinking of was uh, effective experiments. So, you know, not to plug, I mean, but it is your show. Plug that. <laughs> yeah, but but thinking about the platform, you know, we used it at BISC and I loved it. But a lot of times I was using it incorrectly. I, I, I know now looking back in retrospect, because it's a great way to have an archive of the work being done, to push it along, things like that. So things don't get lost. But you can't just rely on the technology. You have to 
have those conversations around it. You have to, you know, say, hey, Jill, have you looked into the, the effective experiments backlog yet? Or have you looked at this test? Because if you just, you know, I, I would say probably the people that have the most difficult time in the workplace today are people that are fully remote because you have to do all of your communication through these tools and so much get, gets lost in translation. Yeah, a tool at the end of the day is a tool, right? It's not gonna, um, it's not gonna like transform everything unless you put the effort in. And as you say, that human element is really vital. And you know, a lot of times, just sticking on this topic for a bit, a lot of times we see uh, the average CRO will just use it to like document stuff because that's what they're meant to do, right? They're mm -hmm. the store stuff and that's the end of it. But where we see people going over and above is when they start using the share, sharing functionality and they start sharing stuff and then they're using it in conversation. So, yeah. you know, they're using it to bring up uh, uh, in brainstorming sessions and, you know, to, uh, to have those lunch and learns, but it's more organic rather than it being a rigid, like, you know, here's a presentation we need to put up on, on, on it. Um, Another point I want to touch on um, is you mentioned, uh, you know, at your time in, in corporate America, you had pressure from the top down because, you know, they wanted a CRO to perform in the way they perceived it, to, uh, it should perform, right? Mm -hmm. And I think therein lies a bigger issue for conversion optimization, a bigger threat, if anything, because even if you get all this collaboration right, I think the, the senior management or like the people that hire CROs have a... I'm going to say an unrealistic expectation. And, you know, we always say uh, like, yeah, the hippos and the highest paid person's opinion and stuff like that. And I feel like conversion optimizers are partly to blame for that. Isn't they it? are. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's the industry as a, as a whole, because, you know, I worked at Mech Labs and I love Mech Labs to death, but we didn't have, you know, the only things that were plastered on the walls were plus 200%, plus 3000%, you know, compound lifts. And that's all the blog yep. posts as well that you see from yep. any conversion rate optimiz optimization professional. So we are definitely, you know, to blame for our own woes there because we set this unrealistic expectation. And, and no, that's such a good point because the only way to change that is to really drill down and say, you know, hey, I want you to know that this is science. And you don't hear about how uh, Edison built his light bulb on the first try. You always, the, the textbook example is that it, you know, he found a thousand ways that didn't work. And that's the job that we're in. That's the, the role that we're in. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's all about, so, you know, the uh, people in, in, in the space, they say like, you know, when they, when they try and find, you mentioned this as well, trying to uh, show the, the wins and then throw in like one failure. Right. I don't, I don't, like to use the word failure i like to use the word learnings because if yeah, you can't come right. out of that experiment and say we've learned this and that has helped you mitigate this risk right you're running launch pool which is eff effectively a startup and you know running business model experiments will help you whether it fails or, or you know or it doesn't it's going to help you move the needle to find your product market fit yeah. and experimentation works across the length and breadth of any kind of you know uh, medium, not just like your websites, for example, right? And this is what I think as conversion optimizers, we should be educating and having discussions about telling stories about rather than, you know, just talking, just educating people about CRO or showing results or sharing, you know, things, have conversations, right? No, and, and take them out to lunch, I suppose. <laughs> yes, of course. Um, but no, but you're so spot on because I think if, 
I was in a group and we were talking about the title conversion rate optimization and, and it makes you kind of feel pigeonholed to say, oh, I have to tweak this one little number. And, you know, it's, it's disingenuous because all you have to do is just cut out a bunch of the bad traffic and boom, you, you're winning, but it's, it's not a real win. You're not really affecting the revenue. Um, and so thinking, you know, that's one pigeonhole. Another one is just stepping back and saying, we're in the business of figuring out what makes people do something like what makes people say, yes, I want this, or yes, I will sign up for this, or yes, I'll buy this. Um, and you know, I, I'm married, happily married and I love my wife and I have a beautiful daughter, but if I was a younger man and I learned about conversion rate optimization, I would have, I would have used that in the bar room. I would have, you know, been tweaking my algorithms for, for, you know, finding and meeting attractive other young ladies but it's it's anything in life can you can use the principles from CRO and it is conversations it's like hey I'm doing this this is working or I'm doing this what can we tweak that because you know we're we have a website and people are confused by it or you know we we're trying to optimize this checkout funnel and people we have data that shows that they're getting lost in this step so that's yeah. a, yeah. Yeah, definitely. We, we will be covering this in a future episode as well. Is CRO the right term to actually use or should we be using something different? Because this has been an ongoing debate for God knows how long, but we leave yeah. that for, for another episode. Yeah. Um, we've got uh, Connor Wilkinson joining us for that from Asta. So we're, we're going to be uh, having a good uh, conversation on that. Um, but what's your favorite lunch? Ooh, what's my favorite, favorite lunch? My favorite lunch is probably going to be pizza. I am a big pizza, pizza fan. And, I, you know, working in Ybor City in the middle of Tampa, we have a bunch of really good pizza by the slice places, and I love it. How about you? Nice. I don't know. Uh, I think a nice uh, sandwich and chips. Oh, I should. Wait, I should is that fry, French fries, right? Yeah, yeah. I should <laughs> say that. Well, for American listeners, it, it, uh, it's not um, – it's not uh, – crisps as we call them over here crisps so. nice <laughs> and then so to me yeah, crisp that. sounds more yeah okay interesting yeah so crisps are your chips and chips are our yeah. fries yeah 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 cool so um alex it's been great having you on uh this is your second episode with us now and uh it's 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 amazing having you back on you hopefully you know join us for more episodes as well uh love, love having you on with the game of thrones thrones memes i think we should yes. make this for those we have to make at least one yeah, definitely. We should definitely make make uh, memes of those and um, really enjoy talking to you about, about this. You mentioned there was a happy ending. So tell me about that happy ending before we wrap up. Yeah. So the happy ending is um, after the lunch, I said, hey, I want to, you know, I'm not in the CRO role anymore, but I want to take and just look through our website, do the conversion analysis like I used to. And we, and I'll, you know, I want to give that to you, just kind of talk about it. So we continued that rapport that we built over lunch I put together a presentation deck showed it to him and I'll tell you we got like six solid tests out of there and three of which were million dollar tests you know and and just that relationship um you know if we had not had lunch that day that would not have happened the 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 power of having lunch you know whether you use an app my app or not um if you get to know the yeah, if you a lot few shameless plugs in here, but if you get to know the people 
um, around you, you will be amazed at the quality of work that gets produced and the actual collaboration and the actual uh, culture that gets produced. Because th in that moment, this young gentleman uh, went from being what I would consider kind of a, you know, it was kind of a Lannister versus uh, versus a Stark. And and now, you know, we formed an alliance and it felt more like we were, uh, uh, what, Dothraki, new Targaryen. So, uh, <laughs> and we had a couple of dragons on our back with these test wins. Nice. Nice. I think, I think we're pushing way towards it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've killed, we've killed it. We've uh, beat a dead Dothraki horse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Next time we'll try and do the Avengers one. We'll see where we go with that. I like it. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on, Manuel. This was great. Yeah, yeah, it's a pleasure having you on. We had a great chat. Uh, for everyone listening, uh, you can check out all the episodes of Conversion Nations on our website, effectiveexperiments.com. All the videos are on there. If you prefer listening to the audio versions, you can subscribe and review us on the iTunes Apple Podcasts or on uh, Spotify Podcasts as well. So check us out on there. Lots of episodes to catch up on. Lots of knowledge bombs. And hopefully we can help you become a better CRO through our conversation. Uh, this is Manuel de Costa signing off. Uh, thank you, Alex. And have Thanks a nice day. Bye, guys. You've been listening to Conversion Nations. Don't forget to subscribe to get notified when we release new updates. Conversion Nations is brought to you by Effective Experiments. Want to make experimentation a core part of your business? Request your demo and let us show you how we can help you grow your testing program.